All right, get your notes out. We are going to conclude the series that we've been in now throughout this month. You do not want to miss next Sunday as we're going to go, move right into a brand new series called Faith Works. And first things first is preparing us for what God is going to say next month in our, our brand new series called Faith Works. And next Sunday, I'm going to speak a very prophetic message, and I don't say that often, uh, sometimes you speak prophetically when you don't realize it, but this one I know is going to be a prophetic message because God's getting ready to do something very prophetic through his people, and, and we're going to share some things you don't want to miss next Sunday. But let's end today. First things first. We're in this series, and uh, we're very excited. We just got back. Our staff, 10 of us, went up to a conference in Birmingham at, uh, at the Church of the Highlands at the Grow conference they have and very encouraging and but what we want to share today is just amazing how the timing fit as we're going into next month and we're going into faith works and we're going to kick off 21 days of fasting and and prayer but here's the powerful thing a lot of us got together up there and over or several hundred pastors are preaching the same message to their church that I'm preaching to you and, of course, they're going to do their own thing with it, but the outline is there, and we're all preparing our churches. And next Sunday, we're going to kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting, but it's not with hundreds. It's with tens of thousands of Christians around our nation are all coming together for the same 21 days. We're going to live stream in to you uh, every morning. We're going to meet here at the church at 6 o'clock. And for Monday through Friday, we're going to be praying. We're going to live stream worship in. And all of our camp, all these churches that are joining, we're going to be in the same worship. We're going to hear the same teaching. And then we're going to shut it off. And we're going to go into 45 minutes of prayer in here before you go to work. And we're going to watch God do some amazing things across this country and this land. Amen. Can you imagine heaven hearing hundreds of thousands of Christians praying all the one time? Because we're all in unity with a purpose for something. Come on, you really? And, and you're like, 6 o'clock, Pastor. Really? 6 o'clock? That's tough. I know it is. It's a lot. That means i got to get up at 5. I don't go to bed till 1 or 2. And I'm usually up around that 6.30 mark, but 5. But I need a miracle in my family. How about you? And, and I need my grandson healed. If you're visiting here, my grandson's two years old, just diagnosed with a, a terminal disease, giving him short time to live. But I'm, those 21 days, and I don't say this often, I'm doing a total fast. I've total fasted seven days several times in my life where it's just fluid only, water, no food at all. But I'm doing the 21 days. I'm not meeting with anyone. I'm having no counselings, no meetings, no appointments. 21 days, me and God, because I need a miracle in my grandson. And, and, and it costs you something. Jesus said these kind only come out through prayer and fasting. And when you get desperate enough, you'll do desperate things. But you know what? Prayer and fasting shouldn't come out of desperation. It should come out of relationship. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about today is about teach us to pray. Get your notes out. Let's go for a ride. Y'all ready? And so starting not this week, we already had some go. I'll see you Monday. And I'll go, you'll be here by yourself. It's the next week. I'm just teaching it this Sunday because all of us across the nation, hundreds of churches are getting you ready to start next Sunday, all right? So you're not going, oh, I didn't know anything about this. Now you do, okay? And we're going to, man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. So how do we pray? Go to our text with us now. Get your notes this right. Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, this is Jesus, was praying 
in a certain place. Now, how many knows that if Jesus thought prayer important enough to do it, it's probably good for us, all right? All right, Jesus prayed at a certain place. When he ceased, when he ended his prayer, one of his disciples came and said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, this was a disciple coming to Jesus. And I mean, those disciples already knew how to pray. I mean, they're already doing the works of the Lord. They're already healing people. Miracles are happening. And then all of a sudden, one day, they hear Jesus praying. And when he ended his prayer, they went up to him and they said, we know how to pray, but teach us how to pray like that. That was some powerful praying we just heard. There was some meat to that prayer. There was something about your prayer that we want to know how do we pray like that and see the things doing and done that you're seeing done. And, and so Jesus said, okay, I'll teach you. I'll show you. And, and here's what I want you to understand, though, before we get into prayer, that we've got to learn how to pray before we act. Because usually we act and then we pray asking God to fix the mess that we just created by our actions before prayer. Am I right? Am I right? Help me in here. But in order for prayer to become a regular part of our life, it must become something we look forward to. And in so many today, you mentioned prayer and it's like, really? I really have to do that? You really want me to be here at 6 o'clock to pray? I mean, every day, seriously, Pastor, I mean, prayer every day. You see, prayers become a job instead of an honor and a joy. And we've got to come and realize that once you discover the joy of prayer and the power of prayer, prayer becomes a delight and it becomes something that I look forward to, not something that I regret. You see, once you've learned how to pray, prayer will become a part. I'm going to teach you something very simple today, but I believe it's going to help many of you in your prayer life to where prayer is going to become something you look forward to rather than something you do out of a duty. You see, you've got to realize today, before your day begins, you need to pray first. Before you ever go to work or to school, you need to stop and pray first. Before you get in your vehicle and drive from one place to another, you need to stop for a moment and pray first. Before you send that text, pray first. Before you make that big decision, pray first. Before you give your opinion that you can't take back, pray first. Before you go to bed at night, Pray first. Before you post on social media, pray, 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 pray first. Before you start your day today and tomorrow, pray first. I have obviously a little illustration because Kathy and I, we love to kayak and golf and do things like that together. And she wouldn't let me use hers, so I had to bring mine. But here's how most of us spend our life. We're in the, the kayak, we're in the boat, the canoe of life, and we wake up paddling. And we're paddling because we're going upstream. We're constantly going upstream. We're constantly having to deal with the struggles of life and the hurts of life and the pains of life and the uncertainties of life. And so we hadn't got out of bed good yet, and we're paddling. And we hadn't even got to breakfast yet, and we're tired. And we're exhausted. And we're wore out. And how you doing? Oh, man. How's it going? Oh. And we're wore out. And life is spent this way because everything in life 
is going upstream. Are you with me? And the reason, and one of the main reasons, is our prayer life works this way. That we only pray when we need something. We only pray when I've got to get a miracle. I've got to have a breakthrough. I've, I've got to, I just lost my job. I've got to, God, you've got to take care of my family. Lord, I got a pink slip and you've got to find me a place to live. And, and God, I just got a doctor's report that my grandson's dying. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, God, help, help, help. And our whole life is spent moving upstream. Well, we've got to learn that that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is to have a daily time with Him. And in that daily time with Him, He connects me with His divine purpose. And when I get connected with God's divine purpose in His presence, I'm no longer living my life fighting to go upstream. I'm with the current of heaven taking me downstream into God's perfect plan and His blessing and His favor in my life. Because watch this, as long as the paddle's in your hands, it's never in God's. And as long as the paddle's in your hand, you can't do anything else with your life but paddle. You can't fish with a paddle in your hand. You can't feed the hungry when a paddle's in your hand. You can't pray for the others when you've got a paddle in your hand and only praying for you. Come on, are you with me? And what I want to talk to you and show you today is how to get the paddle out of your hand and put it in God's hand and watch God do unbelievable breakthroughs and miracles in your life with little effort on your part but great power on His. Y'all ready? Okay, let's go on a journey now. Does anybody identify with the paddling? Anybody besides me been there? And it's just like work, work, life's work, life's work, life's work. Come on, God, even serving God's work, prayer's work, faith's work, because we're always going against the stream versus letting the Holy Spirit become a wind in our sail to guide us with the current and to where God wants us to be. And so here's what happened. They come to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. In Luke chapter 18, 1 is in your notes. Then he spoke to a parable to them that men ought to what? Pray and never lose heart. What's happening when you're in there paddling? You've already lost heart. It's like, God, I don't know if you're going to do it. God, I don't really know if you're going to come through. God, I really don't know if I have a miracle in the making. I, I don't know. I'm working, God. I'm praying. I'm this. I'm that. It's all about what I'm doing, and I'm losing heart. But when I begin to pray and get prayer as a daily part of my life and I start my day with prayer every day, my faith is no longer in my ability to paddle. It's in his promises that he's given me through his word. And so watch the scripture here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so real quick, three qualities required if you're going to develop an effective, say effective, an effective prayer life. There's three qualities, three characteristics, three things that you must have in your life if you're going to see this happen. Number one, there must be a certain time for you to pray every day. A certain time. You must set aside a certain time that you can pray. We read the scriptures that early in the morning, Jesus would get away to a solitary place. Every morning, Jesus would go to a solitary place. He had a time every day set aside with an appointment with his heavenly Father. And if Jesus saw a need for daily prayer, wouldn't we need it also? And how many found this out? If you don't set an appointment for it, it won't happen. 
Something will always take its place. And, and listen to this. If you set an appointment with a doctor and don't go now, they're going to send you a bill anyway. What, what if heaven did that? We'd all be broke. You, you've got to set that time, set that appointment with God every day. And, and, and it's good in the morning if you can. Some of you work at hours that that can't happen in the morning. And, but here's the thing. I've got to give God my first fruit. I want to give him my first fruit of my time. And so that's the most valuable time of my day is that first time of my day that I get with God. I get along with God. I get in his presence and I talk with him and I commune with him. And you've got to set that time and keep it. Don't let other things take priority over that appointment that you've made to get with God every day. Everybody with me? Not. Number two is you've got to have a certain place. A certain place. A place that you pray, a place that you get along. Look at the scripture in Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, there's Jesus, that early morning, he's committing to his father. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus had a certain place that he would meet and gather and pray. That's how the disciples knew where to find him. You need a place where you will not be disturbed or distracted. A place where your kids aren't all there and people aren't all there. and There's not distractions, but a solitary place. I have places, I have a few throughout the city that, that I, I don't try. I still pray here, but this is not my me and God time place for me to pray because there's always people coming through the door. I, I've got to have a place. I've got places by the beach. I've got places by the ocean that I, I get away. I've got places in the woods that I, I go, and it's just my time with God, and, and I just get along with God, and that way there's no interruptions, and, and I know those are my places to go. And you've got to have those places in your life. You need them. You've got to know where I'm going. Set an appointment and have a set place that you're going to get away with God and have you some worship music ready and create an atmosphere that you can get with God and, and just pray and spend some time with Him. And, and we're different. I, I like to walk. I've got to walk when I pray. I've got to move around. I pray out loud a lot. And, and, and I like music behind me when I'm praying. And Kathy's totally opposite of that. She's going to just be still and, and, you know, you can find wherever she's at because there's little tissues laying around and she's over there just, you know what? She's got a one-on-one -on -one prayer life with God that I've envied since the day I've met her. I mean, you, you be you, but spend some time with the Father and lock a, a set time aside that you're going to give to God every day and then have a place that you know you can go and you're not going to be interrupted. This is me and God time. Everybody with me? Got to have it. Number three, and we're going to get into the meat of the message now, is a certain plan. You need a plan when you pray. A certain procedure. And this is really what the disciples was asking Jesus when they came to him. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray like that. How, how do you pray like that? I want to learn how to pray that, that affects heaven and, and it bombards heaven and heaven moves on that prayer. And here's Jesus' response. We see it in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 9, you've heard it's the Lord's Prayer, but the important thing that you realize is that he was not saying pray the prayer. He said pray in this manner. Here's the plan. Here's a pattern for you to pray after that's going to help you pray like I pray. And so he reads it. He says, here's how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day 
our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so God says, here's a pattern. Here's a plan that I want to give you that you can learn how to pray by. And so here's the first thing. And I want you to grab this today because how many wants to use these next 21 days coming up to really learn how to pray and to pray more effectively and let this become a regular part of your life in walking with God? Amen. Amen? To really see great things happen. How many besides me need a miracle and a breakthrough in your life? And, and so I want you to really grab this today. When God said, have a place, have a time that you get along with me. Number two is have a place that you're going to meet daily and get with me. And then number three, here's your plan. Here's how you want to know how to pray. Pray like this. Number one, you pray and connect with God relationally. When you pray, you connect with God relationally. That's the very first thing you're going to do. That's what Jesus said. You come, you want to know how to pray? Pray like this. My Father who art in heaven, that I acknowledge my Father, and God loves us to call him our Father and begin to establish your intimate relationship with him and thank him for the relationship that you have. And the first thing Jesus said, you want to pray like me, is start an honoring and, and recognizing that you have a heavenly Father in heaven that loves you. And the very first thing that God wants from you today is that you know him. If you're brand new in this church today, maybe this is your first Sunday, maybe you've been here the whole time, the first thing God wants is simply for me to know him. Forget everything else. You don't have to come and get your life perfect and everything put in perfect order. Just come and know God. Just come and realize that he wants to be your savior and start with step one. And that's what this prayer does. My father who art in heaven, and I'm acknowledging that I'm in relationship with a God in heaven who loves me. He really does love me, and I connect, and I start my relationship with him in prayer. But here's the key. When you learn to acknowledge God as your heavenly father, you're putting the paddle down. Because now it's not about how good I can be today or how hard I can work today. It's I've got a heavenly father that I'm putting my faith and my trust in. I'm putting the paddle down, and I'm acknowledging that I've got a father that's watching over me. Are you with me? And I'm beginning to now relax and let the wind of heaven and the current of heaven take me into God's perfect plan and his perfect will. Because as long as you've got the paddle in your hand, you're fighting God, not following God. My Father, who art in heaven. And then number two, you start worshiping his name. I acknowledge him as my Father. I'll start with relationship building. Notice what Jesus said. You don't start praying asking for something. You start praying, acknowledging something, that, God, you're my father. You're my father. How, do, how are our prayers today? We're in the kayak, man. I mean, our prayers start like this. God, help. God, I need. God, I need. God, help. Help, help, God. If you don't come, I'm going to crash. If you don't come through, we're going to lose everything, God. You got to, you got to, you got to. We never even stopped and acknowledged our father yet. We went straight to the need. Why? We got the paddle in our hand. So we're really not asking God for anything. We're telling him what he needs to do. And we've got to come and realize, Jesus said, you want to pray like me? Here's how I pray. The first thing I do is I acknowledge my Father in heaven. And then I worship his name. 
and, and, and I glorify his name. I love this scripture, Proverbs 18.10. If you don't get anything else, get this one scripture today. God's name is a place of protection. The righteous can run there and be safe. God's name is a place of protection. The righteous can run to his name and be safe. And when we begin to worship the name of Jesus, I've acknowledged, God, you're my father, and, and I thank you for the relationship that I have with you, and, and I thank you for being my heavenly father, and I just want to come and worship your name today, God. I, I want to worship your name, and what are the names of God that we're worshiping? I know they all have Hebrew names that go with it. I'm going to save you. Don't, don't try to get locked in. Well, i got to remember what Hebrew name went with, what it meant like that. Let's just go to where we are, okay? And I know there's Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Shalom. And, and, and yeah, they're there, but let's just bring them to where we are when you're praying. And the first thing I'm going to do is, Lord, I want to worship your name because your name's righteous. Yeah, your name's righteous. You're, you're, the, you're the righteousness of my life, and you make me clean. And, and Father, I thank you for being my heavenly Father, and, and, and I want to come and just worship your name. Your name is righteousness to me, God. And I just thank you, Lord, that I was lost, but now I'm found, and I was messed up, but you picked me up. I, I was all broken, but you put me back together, and I can stand boldly before your throne today as righteous. You that knew no sin became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And today I just want to come and celebrate your righteousness in my life today, God. And I'm praying. Now it's fun. Not only are you my righteousness, you're my sanctifier. You're the one that's called me and set me apart. And I just thank you today, Heavenly Father, that your name is the sanctifier of my life. That, Lord, your righteousness has come and cleansed me. But now as my sanctifier, you have set me apart. I'm no longer going to hell. I'm going to heaven. I'm no longer that person that has no value. I now have purpose and value in my life. You've set me apart. You're the sanctifier of my life. You're my healer, Jesus. You're the healer of all of my diseases. And, and I want to come today and just thank you that you were wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was placed upon you and by your stripes I am healed. My grandson does not have to die. My baby doesn't have to die. My uncle doesn't have to die. But your word declares healing over my life, Jesus. And today I just want to come and thank you and I want to worship the healer of my life, the healer of my body. I want to come and declare that you you are the great physician and the healer, Jesus. I want to come and just praise your name and glorify your name for there's healing in the name of Jesus. You're my banner. You're my victory. You've defeated all of my enemies. And I want to come today, Lord, and just thank you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. For my weapons are carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of the stronghold of the enemy. The devil had a settled plan out for my life this week, but the angels of heaven have been guard over my life. There was a car supposed to run that red light and take me out, but the angels of heaven have covered me and guarded me. You woke up this morning, God, and all of a sudden the angels are camped around me before I ever get out of my house. They're guarding my vehicle, my family, my church family. You've got us covered, God. You're our banner, and you're our victory. Victory in life, Father. Just want to worship you and worship your name. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd, Lord. You speak 
to me and you lead me and you guide me. I don't have to oar through life. I don't have to paddle through life because you're my shepherd. You're going to lead me and guide me into green pastures. You're going to put me beside those still waters. I don't have to paddle in. I can rest in in your presence. You're a shepherd that's constantly watching over me, your sheep. I just want to praise your name, Jesus. You're my peace. You're my peace, Lord, that, that covers me and it, it brings peace into every storm of my life. You, you guide me into that peaceful place that you'll lead me into those peaceful pastures and still waters. Uh, you are the God, my peace. You begin to praise him and you're my provider. You're my provider, God. You, you supply all of my needs. You are Jehovah Jireh. You provide. You provide for me. And, I'm, and what am I doing? I'm praying like Jesus prayed. This is exactly how he prayed when he talked to his father. And, and prayer's not boring now. It's not all about me because I hadn't even got to me yet. I'm still praising my father and I'm still worshiping his name. And I'm just reminding him of his promises to me through the very existence of who he is. Prayer now becomes exciting. It becomes fun. So I worship his name. And then Jesus said, you want to pray his agenda first. You want to pray his agenda first. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we start praying. And, and now you, you've come and you, you've recognized God as a father. You're, you're starting your prayer relational. It's not out of need, it's out of relationship. And, and I'm acknowledging God and I thank you for being my father. And, and Father, I just want to worship your name. And in your name, I'm reminding you of all the promises that you've given me. And I want to pray your kingdom first, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And you know what God's number one will is? That the unsaved get saved. And I'm beginning to pray for the unsaved. My unsaved family, my unsaved friends, my unsaved co-workers, the de-church, the unchurched people. And all of a sudden, we're praying the will of God. But you can't pray, you can't fish if you're paddling. You can't have a rod in your hand and a paddle in your hand at the same time and be effective. And it's only when I'm letting the Holy Spirit breathe new life into me and guide me and, and go with the flow of life that God has set before me and put the paddle down and trust Him. And in that trust, I find a witness. I find the connection. I find the ability to share my faith. Because how many's found out it's hard to receive hope from somebody that's paddling their own life through the stuff? Oh, you need to meet the Jesus. I mean, He'll change. He'll say, I got to breathe. He'll change your life. And give you some hope and put some joy in your heart. <laughs> ain't too effective. But when they know you're going through the storm, they know you're going through the hell, they know you're going through the stuff, but yet they see you peaceful and sharing your faith and your hope in God. Something's real inside of you. And you come and realize I'm living, I'm praying your agenda first, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm praying over our families. I'm praying over our couples. I'm praying over the people, the families in our church. I'm, I'm praying over our religious leaders. I'm praying over our political leaders. I'm praying over our nation. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. 
on earth as it is in heaven. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there in our society today, but I just want to tell you right now, God's, got in, God's still in control. God's still in control. There's some people think they are, but they're not. God's in control. He's working things out. He's setting the stage for the rapture of the greatest revival America's ever seen. Never been an hour for the church like right now. Never has there been an hour to be a part of the church like right now. The darker it gets out there, the more our light's going to be needed. And it's going to shine bright. And we've got to come and grab hold of that fact today and not let, not let it put us in a foxhole of prayer, but let us put it on a mountaintop of prayer and let us begin to declare. And that's what I'm going to preach about next Sunday. It's about his kingdom coming and his will being done on this earth. And he doesn't need man's permission to do it. God's got this thing. And he needs us paddle-free, hand-free, so we can be effective in doing his purpose while here on this earth. Pray his agenda first, saving the lost, dealing with our families, our country, our society, his will to be done. In Luke 12, 31, it says, he will always give you, watch this, he will always give you all you need from day to day. How many likes that? That's a good promise, right? But there's a two-letter word right next to it. If, prerequisite. He will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. God says, I'm going to take care of you from day to day if I see you praying, your will be done, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God gave you that $100,000 inheritance today, what part of it would go to the kingdom? If God gave you the opportunity to share Jesus this week, what are you going to do with it? How much of the kingdom is going to take part in your life? I asked last Sunday in the sermon, if, if God answered your number one prayer today, would it affect only you and your family or would it affect the world? How small, how focused are we on the kingdom, not just on ourselves? And Jesus is saying, when you pray, don't pray you, pray kingdom. Pray the kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then next, you depend on him for everything, Jesus said. When you pray, you depend on him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask God for what you need. It's okay. But have you noticed something here? We're already down like at step four before we get to us. We've, we've relational with God. We're worshiping his name. Heaven's agenda first. I mean, we're, we're all about God and kingdom, and now we're getting to us and our need. And you need to pray your needs. You need to ask God and share with God what you want, what you need, and then trust him for the answer. Pray and then enjoy the ride downstream rather than living your life fighting the currents of life and struggling in prayer. Are y'all with me? And, and you've got to come because most of our prayer life is a struggle because we're praying through and in the midst of the struggle and we're struggling with it. But when we come and understand that I'm trusting God for everything in my life, I'm sharing with him what I need. I'm sharing with him what I want. 
and I'm going to put the paddle down. I'm going to let the breath of the Holy Spirit come under my sail, and I'm going to go where the wind of the Holy Spirit's taken me. I'm not going to fight and paddle against it. I'm just going to let the wind of God take me and guide me through life, and I'm going to pray, and in the midst of that, God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's his promise. I said, that's his promise. And how many will join me and say, I have seen the most supernatural provisions of God in my life when I got out of the way? Come on, anybody admit that with me? That when I'm in there trying to make it happen, it don't happen. But finally, when I get so tired, I go, okay, whatever. Put the paddle down. Said, I can't even paddle anymore. I'm so tired. So you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And then things happen. This is a true story. It may not mean much to you, but it meant a lot to us. We, her car started making noise about three weeks ago, so we took it to this mechanic place, and they said, oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's real bad. They said, like, $3,800 bad? And I went, $3,800? Nah. Number one, that car ain't worth putting $3,800 in, all right? And number two, no. And, and so we were fixing to trade it in. I'd already stopped at a couple car lots. Look, and I'm going, God, really? Do you understand what we're going through already? Grandson, stuff going on, and now, really, God? You know, I got back in the paddling. Okay, God, what's up? What's up? Now I'm really tired, you know what I'm saying? And we get a phone call from somebody, and they go, look, before you do anything, take the car by such and such place. I got some friends, and I've already told them you're bringing it and take it by. And so we took it by before we went to grow. And we come back home, and they went, oh, we done got it fixed, uh, $316. Now, see, I clapped harder than y'all did. I'm <laughs> That's a new hunting rifle, man. What was it? When I'm paddling, I'm fretting. But when you just let it go and go, you got this, out of nowhere comes your miracle and your breakthrough. And, and you got to come and realize that, that you got to just start depending on God. Pray and then just depend on God to take care of the needs in your life. And put the paddle down and quit trying to help him. Psalmist said in Psalms 121, 1 and 2, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and the earth. God's got you. He's got your back. He's got everything you need. And then Jesus said next, get your heart right with God and with people. See, now he's dealing with us. That means forgive some folks. And Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like this. Father, forgive me, forgive my debts, forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. You really want God to do that or you want to take that prayer back? Oh, wait, God, let me think on that one a little bit before you, you go there, all right? Because how many besides me has been hurt by some people? And you, you got to really work on forgiving folks sometimes. And you got to realize that when Jesus said, when you pray, because nobody's been hurt like Jesus was hurt. 
Nobody's been offended or betrayed like Jesus was. Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like I pray. And as Father, forgive me of my debts as I forgive those who have trespassed and sinned against me. And you got to check your heart, your motive. we got to pray the prayer of the psalmist. Search my heart. Know my thoughts, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Renew in me a right spirit. Then I can teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted unto you. Search my heart, God. And, and Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like this, and you ask God to forgive your sins as you forgive those who have sinned against you. Forgive anyone who has offended you in any way. I'm challenging some of you. Some of you need to do that. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Some of you, it's your spouse. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest. Some of you are still holding bitterness against the one you live with. Some of you, it's an ex. That though you're no longer with them, they own you still. And this relationship's having struggles because you hadn't freed yourself from that one. See, I'm all in your business now. See how quiet it is? When it gets quiet, I'm in your business. I like it when you get quiet. That means I'm in your business. When you're amen, go preach, preach. I'm in your neighbor's business. But when it's all quiet, I'm in your business. We got to forgive. Listen to the news. We're in such an unforgiving society. Nobody wants to forgive. Everybody wants revenge. Everybody wants to get even. But we got to learn to forgive. And Jesus said, when you pray, you want to put that paddle down? You got to learn how to forgive like I forgave. You got to do it like I do it. And God, help us to come back and clear our hearts and find ourselves free from other people and the offenses that have taken place in our life. And God, forgive me of my offenses. Because hurt people hurt people. John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We've got to clear our hearts. You said, you want to know how to pray? Pray like this. Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. And then he said, you want to engage then. Only then can you engage in spiritual warfare. If Jesus had reversed the two, you would die in prayer. He said, once you've done the forgiveness thing, now you're fit for spiritual warfare. Now you can really come into spiritual warfare. And he says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, that you stand and take your stand against the enemy in every attack that has been brought against you and your family. You stand firm and fight the good fight of faith. Paul told us in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness of the air, that we've got to come and realize that we're in a spiritual war right now, and once I've forgiven, once I've honored, once I've got God's agenda going on in my prayer, I'm praying now and I'm coming to God and, and I'm bringing these spiritual things up. I, I'm talking about, I'm praying over my grandson. That's not mediocre prayer. That's spiritual warfare prayer that he's got to live. I've told God, you take my grandson, you take me with him. And I mean it. I mean it 100%. Not angry, not mad, but that's how much I want my grandson healed. Well, pastor, I don't know if you need to go that far. 
Moses did. Exactly how far he went. Because God was fixing to wipe out six million Israelites for disobedience and rebellion. But Moses was the spiritual father of the camp. Here's what Moses says in Exodus 32. God said, get out of my way, Moses, because I'm going to remove them. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to give you a brand new people. Moses said, no, no, God, they're my people. They're my people, and if you blot their name out, you take my name out with it. Then he said this, Lord, repent of the evil you're about to do unto these people. The man told God to repent. Now, you don't do that out of some Sunday school relationship. You do that out of a daily communion with him and relationship. And he said, Lord, repent of the evil you're about to do unto these people. Read down four verses later. And the Lord repented of the evil he was about to do unto the people. Moses was that desperate in prayer. And I want to tell you, spiritual warfare will put your life on the line. Now, I don't expect to die. Have no plans to because I'm going to preach through this revival. You with me? But I'm expecting my grandson to get healed. And I want to, I want to challenge you today that Jesus, when the disciples came to Jesus, said, Lord, we prayed for them and nothing happened. You prayed for them and the devils were cast out. What happened? Jesus said, this kind only comes through prayer and fasting. And there's a time you got to step into spiritual warfare and put some armor on and go, okay, battle's on. And that's what we're calling this church to over the next 21 days, starting next Sunday. This week, I want you to start preparing yourself for that 21-day fast. Don't do like some folks that are ignorant to fasting do. It's like, I'm going to eat all I can eat this week. I'm going to down it all because then you're really going to have some trouble fasting. You start dwindling down now and start preparing yourself spiritually, emotionally, in every way, physically, and get ready because we're going on a 21-day exciting journey with God that's going to be life-changing for us and for those that are around us. But you've got to get ready for this thing called spiritual warfare that you, you begin to pray because God wants to bring deliverance in your life. He wants to bring freedom in your life. He wants you to find purpose and destiny in your life. And it all comes through that spiritual warfare prayer. And then last of all, and I close with this, that's that you express faith in God's ability. That in your prayer, you end it by expressing faith in God's ability. God's got it. God's got your back. The third and fourth thing that God wants you to do is discover your purpose and then make a difference in it. Is it know that God's got the ability for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And I'm still in my prayer. We've just stopped and showed you the points that Jesus said, you want to pray like me? Then pray like this. Here's a pattern. Here's a plan. And then you just put your own stuff in there. But I encourage you to take those notes home. And by the way, next Sunday, we're going to have a prayer manual put together that we're going to give out to every person to take home with you. And it's going to have these notes in more detail. It's going to have the tabernacle prayer. It's going to have spiritual warfare prayer. And it's just going to be laid out as a pattern that while you're praying, you can have it in your hand walking around your living room. You can have it in here in church while you're at 6 o'clock prayer, walking around and just following a pattern and learning and just having it there. We've got bands that are ordered right now, orange ones, are going to be here next Sunday for you to put on your wrist. And it says, pray first. It's going to remind you every day when you wake up, pray first, pray first, pray first, pray first, all day long, pray first, pray first. 
And get ready because we're acknowledging that our faith is in God's ability. And you end your prayer time, Jesus said, reminding yourself of God's great ability. And you return back to your place of worship and make your faith declarations. And you declare them like this. Yours is the kingdom. All rule, God, belongs to you. Yours is the power. All mightiness flows from you, Father. And yours is the glory. Your victory shall be complete in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you just glorify him. And you start your day knowing that I have been with a heavenly father. I have honored and worshiped his name. I have prayed his agenda. I've prayed for his will to be done. I have prayed that my heart be clean. I have prayed that my needs be met. And I now end my prayer declaring that everything is in your hands and you have the power to do it. In Jesus' name. Well, prayer becomes exciting now. Prayer becomes enjoyable now. Prayer becomes productive now because I've laid the paddle down and I've put my life in the hand of Jesus. And we're going on a journey together. And so how many will take these notes and just use them as a pattern and start getting used to them this week in your prayer time? How many will do that? Just try it. It's all I ask you to do. Here's the last statement, and I'll leave this with you. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And so in closing, I'm challenging you. And I know everyone cannot be here at 6 o'clock. I know for some that's impossible. But for many, it's not. And I know it's going to be a sacrifice for many of you. It will be for me. But I want to tell you something. Your family being healed and your family being put together and your lost family coming to know Jesus is worth it to me. The miracle I need in my home is worth it to me. And I want to challenge every one of you that can, start preparing your life, prepare yourself. And and starting next month, not this coming, not tomorrow, but the following Monday, every morning at 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday, we're going to meet here for three weeks. Each Saturday, we're going to meet at 9 o'clock from 9 to 10. We're going to be joining hundreds of thousands of Christians across our nation, and we're going to watch God honor His Word. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then, then, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. Your land may be your healing. Your land may be your finances. Your land may be your family. Your land may be lost relatives. Your land may be this city, our nation. That's all of our land. God says, if you do this, then I'll do this. Let's do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You receive God's word today. And so join us. Put it on your calendar. Get ready. It's going to be an exciting, exciting journey. But don't wait till Monday week to start. Get your little plan out and start praying it every day. And watch God start making prayer an enjoyable part of your life, not a job. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads with me. If you're in here right now and you're in this room, you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today. And, you know, I, I just, I'm going through some stuff. And I realize today that I'm not where I need to be with God. I, I want to start right at that beginning. As you said, the first thing God wants is that I know Him. And today I want to make sure that I do, that I know God. And today I want you to pray for me. And I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. But if that's you today, I want to pray a prayer for you. If you're here today and you say, I need Jesus in my life, Pastor, pray for me. Would you just slip a hand up wherever you're at? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I'm not going to point you out. I want to pray a prayer with you. 
Will you join me right now? And let's pray with these. And if you raise your hand and you need God in your life today, pray with us as we pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Will you join me and let's give a hand clap to these that pray.